0: Hello, and welcome to the Daydream Believers podcast. I'm your host, Liz Cirelli. Here, you'll find a monthly dose of insight to help keep you motivated, inspired and informed so you can continue working towards your dreams. We cover a variety of topics so you can become the person you need to be in order to turn your dreams into reality. Every now and then we'll also bring in some music artists to showcase some of the best electronic music there is out there. Thanks for listening and remember to head to lizchirelli.com to download my free ebook on what it takes to achieve your dreams. It contains a free morning motivation that you can download and listen to every morning to guarantee you start each day strong and stay on the path to success. Now, onto the show. Hello, Liz here, and welcome to another episode of the Daydream Believers podcast. For this episode, I'm super excited to welcome, as one of our guests, a dreamer himself, Ryan Smith. Ryan is a prolific creative. He is also autistic, and that makes a lot of things hard or impractical for him, but he hasn't let that stop him. One thing he's learned in life is that some people without good cards others were given more challenging ones. That said, he believes everyone has one mighty trump card that only they have or can play. The cards Ryan was dealt are not easy to play, but he's come to realize that his power card is his imagination, his creativity. And he has learned to harness that. Ryan, I'm super excited to welcome you to the show. Thank you so much for coming and joining us. I'd I'd love for you to take things from here and tell listeners a little bit more about yourself.
1: Okay. I'm honored to be here. We've been planning this for quite some time, have we not? We have. Oh, yes. So where do we begin? Okay, so I am a Twitch streamer. But my full-time passion is, I am a cartoon, ser- I'm a cartoon show creator. I'm a creator of a cartoon series called Uniques United. And I actually have a studio that's working with me on this. I've been working on this thing now since 2004, so it has come a very long way. Yeah. We're in the very beginning stages of its production, but we're making good progress. We're currently designing the first few character designs.
0: Amazing.
1: So, Very, very starting stuff, but we are good until the teaser trailer starts.
0: Fantastic,
1: as far as me is concerned.
0: And two things popped to mind actually when you were saying when you were talking about that was one, the fact that you've been working on this project since two thousand and four, and I don't want to take too many steps ahead because I know that in some of the questions that have been submitted by um, the dreamers, um, there is one about the length of time it takes to get creative projects off the ground, but one thing that i find really admirable there is your tenacity to carry on going because 2004 was a long time ago and you've you've kept pushing with it and i remember us chatting a little while back and you know you were in a a different space then you know you you were struggling you were frustrated and yeah you've come such a long way just in that tiny short space of time so i'd love for you to to talk before we kind of start going into the questions, because I want to make sure we leave enough time to address those, because um, we've yeah. had some amazing questions submitted. Thank you, everyone who submitted questions. Yeah, so I'd love for you to maybe go into a bit more detail about that journey, the journey that you've been on since you started Uniques United in 2004.
1: Okay, well, it first wasn't called Uniques United at first. Okay. I think it, the tiny the old title was The Sarsancho and Kids. I was 12 when I first came up with the initial cast of characters, And it used to be eight brothers, but it's since gone to five brothers and one sister. I added the sister as the final character at about when I was 15, 16, that sort of time era. Amazing. So, really huge um, journey as per the character evolution. It's gone through many, many changes, some very difficult changes. Hmm. And through that journey... I. Put it this way: When you commit the rest of your life to something from a young age, I didn't realize I was committing my life to this. I thought there were other options. I'm like, nah, none of that. I knew what I wanted to do since that age. I wanted to to uh, make cartoons, but since I since didn't realize at 12. the time. Since the age of twelve,
0: that's amazing.
1: And that was my that was my escapism from all the bullying that I went through in school and all the, uh, the psychological abuse that I was experiencing. But anyway, <laughs> but yeah, I've stuck with it through the years. It has never died off, even though I had side projects I was working on at the yeah. time. I had about three, four, five, maybe more career switches. I was wor- I used to write Pokemon fan fiction when I was a teenager. I was actually when I really started to polish my writing. And uh, I, that fan, the, there was one in particular, the Fan Fiction that actually has won awards. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. I was 15, I think, when I started writing that one. That's amazing. But after I went through the Pokemon phase, I went back into my big thing, which is Unique United. Funny enough, the name itself came from an idea I had for a forum. And my mom actually suggested this to me. It was, the idea was to bring people together that had different mental issues and disabilities to try and bring out the best in those people. The idea for the form was abandoned, but the name stuck with me because for years I had struggled to find a suitable title for the show that I eventually wanted to make. And the name stuck. It's Uniques United. And we now have an actual logo for it.
0: Amazing. So we know
1: we have the design of the logo solid, and we're going to use that
0: brilliant that's fantastic what a what a story and i'm sure (laughs) walking the creative path myself and kind of knowing what it's like you've felt at times like giving it all up um or things have gotten frustrating because they're not moving perhaps as quickly as you want or you're they're not moving in the direction that you perhaps wanted them to move in um yeah yeah yeah, (laughs) right (laughs) (laughs) Get used to it, it's gonna happen almost
1: all the time.
0: Exactly, exactly. How did you how did you overcome that feeling of wanting to give it all up the first time you experienced it?
1: I actually did something that I wouldn't recommend to other people. Because some people may just be unable to do it. They may change, they may have a hard change of mind. I actually said, I will do it or die.
0: Wow. <laughs> that's a commitment. I, I commit
1: the rest of my life to this. So there is no excuse not to succeed at
0: it. Yeah. Brilliant. Oh, that's a brave commitment. Congratulations for making it.
1: Simple, brutal at times, but effective. It gets the job done. Absolutely. End of story.
0: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I was in a similar position myself um, about three years ago. Because like like you, I pretty music has always been one of my greatest passions in life. I love music. Like from a from a very young age, like you, I knew you know I had this connection to this art. But I did a lot of other things along along the way before I like really committed a hundred percent to music. I mean, I've been working in music full time now for about ten years, but it was only about three years ago that I was. That I made a commitment to myself a little bit like you of like, I'm going to, it wasn't quite as extreme. (laughs) My commitment was I'm going to put everything I have into making this succeed. And I had no idea what that meant at the time. And the journey that commitment has taken me on over the last three years has been incredible. And maybe if I knew what I'd had to go through in order to achieve what I wanted to achieve, I may not have done it. And so I think hindsight is also a wonderful thing, but it's also really useful that we can't see into the future <laughs> because there are so many yes. hurdles to Plus, overcome.
1: People take you seriously when you're willing to suffer for it.
0: <laughs> so true.
1: <laughs> I accepted that there was going to be a certain degree of suffering. I was willing to go through a lot so that I may be certain of the outcome. And it, lo and behold, a lot of suffering did come, but... I was able to withstand it throughout the years. And now the laughter is on the other side of the face.
0: Yeah, exactly. So would you say to anyone who's really seriously considering pursuing a creative career that you have to be really tough-skinned and resilient?
1: Go for it as if your life depended on it, because it does.
0: Yeah. Powerful message. Awesome, Ryan. (laughs) I think this is actually a really, really nice place for us to start answer, answering the questions that were submitted because they Ooh, are very questions. detailed. Questions,
1: that's some good ones.
0: Question time. Yeah. So let's go with um, Andreas first. He had three questions, um, but several questions within those three questions. <laughs> yeah, three thumbs so, up. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Andreas. <laughs> awesome questions. <laughs> so his first one is how how to do a hands on approach to overcome external or self-inflicted hurdles on the way to self-fulfillment. I mean, you've got a goal, but you stumble on the way. It would be nice to have some practical advice. Um, I know it sounds a little silly, but I saw people struggle with simple things like not being able to get free from work to participate in an event, um, didn't get the funds together to buy proper tools or gear or to fund the project, or they have no clue where to find essential information needed. I guess we all experienced that at one time in our life, but we overcame it. What are your tips on overcoming those particular hurdles? I have a couple of tips actually. Awesome. One, don't try and
1: do it by yourself. I learned this the hard way when I tried to do game development. You will, it is the the surest way not to succeed. Mm I, I could not be that more. Yep. Yes, even if you know what you're doing, you will not have the manpower nor the, nor the combined intelligence of all these different minds. Which leads me to my next tip. Try and start a fellowship. Try and bring together a group of people who have a common objective. I use something I started today as a perfect example. I started a Discord server called the Fellowship of Better Finances. Now, all of us in that server are in the same boat namely not a lot of money so we started that group with the sole intention of helping each other to find ways to earn money and you know what from day 1 which is tonight it has actually started producing results
0: that's amazing so
1: on twitch you have this thing called twitch prime subscriptions two of them equate to about $5 they're about $2.50 each and these are free there's a freebies that you have if you sign up with Amazon Prime twitch and Amazon our business partners so right the way money was earned from the start and that wouldn't have happened hadn't I banded together with these people and come up with ideas also I um, had a number another member who is starting a soap a uh, homemade soap manufacturing business oh, wow. I put it in order for two bars because I like soaps I like the the handheld natural ones oh. especially the free ones mm-hmm. so a couple orders were made. That would have happened had we not assembled the group and thought of that idea together. Yeah. So my advice to to you would be start a fellowship of people who are working towards a similar goal. Put yourself in the same boat, you'll all learn how to swim together. That's great advice.
0: Yeah and that's also something that I advise people to do that are finding themselves wheel spinning or getting frustrated is like you need to you need to have a team you need to have a really good team around you like I myself have at least five people around me helping me at the moment you know because like you say number one you simply don't have the hours in the day to do everything yourself number two you don't have the intelligence of the combined group of people <laughs> <laughs> it's just impossible for one person to have that yeah. amount of scope yeah, and number three, you know, everybody has different skills and it takes different skills to get projects off the ground. It's definitely not a one-man canoe job.
1: No, because we're all ignorant and stupid of different things. Yeah, exactly. But we can help each other to fill in the gaps.
0: Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. And when we, spoke, um, when we spoke a little while ago, you were at that stage of needing to assemble a team, but you were a bit stuck on how to go about doing it. How did you overcome that hurdle? Mm-hmm.
1: LinkedIn posts <clears throat> I actually have a specific answer. It's not dream. Actually, I, might, I think um, the dream itself had something to do with it. So we've all heard the law of attraction at least some point during our lives. I'm still trying to figure out how to get it to work in my favor, but I think I've stumbled upon something. I, in my frustration, I've started repeating to myself, I will find an answer, the answer will come. And turns out a guy on LinkedIn contacted me he is the lead artist and founder of a company called Breakerbox Studios. They're an animation company that produces both animation and video game, uh, video games or video game assets. Mm-hmm. He contacted me and said my determination and passion for the cartoon, as exhibited in my LinkedIn posts, obviously vented out of frustration, but with determination. So he contacted me and said, you know, and lo and behold, we're now long term. Uh, business buddies like he owns and runs a studio of about I'd say ten employees. So you've got a fully fledged studio and we've been able to produce art assets. That's
0: brilliant. Well done. So
1: you don't know what's around the corner hmm. until you start, you know knocking on it, knocking so on true. the door.
0: So true, so true. Yeah, <clears throat> and I think that's what a lot of people seem to experience is they get frustrated but they don't necessarily have the willingness to start knocking on the doors. You know, they just kind of sit there frustrated and not really knowing what to do. It's really only after
1: the frustration that you begin to, you begin to relax and then it all happens.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Or something
1: strange. it's like you got you blow your top, you blow off all the steam and negativity and frustration and then when you throw your tantrum like everybody does, it's like, <laughs> and then ding the light bulb goes off or something happens oftentimes you had nothing you do you don't have to do anything but it actually comes to you as as was my case and that's more satisfying that way because i did not need to pitch to a dozen different studios the right one just came to me they saw what i was doing they wanted to be a part of it and they the guy actually has similar values to mine
0: that's i mean that's the dream situation isn't it really
1: yeah which
0: can happen
1: dream situations can happen
0: absolutely and that was going to be my next question to you 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 mentioned the the law of attraction yeah do you believe that if you kind of from your talking from your own experiences do you believe that if you hold focus on a particular end outcome that you want and trust the journey that's unfolding in order mm-hmm. for you to get there, that you will actually draw to you the, the very things that you're seeking.
1: I believe some. I believe Benjamin Disraeli once said, "Nothing can resist the human will that will stake even its existence on its stated purpose." Beautiful. What that does, at least as far as I know, it when you stake your entire existence you put a stake in the ground and then it creates an epicenter that just creates massive ripples into the universe. Mm. It's like, here I am, I'm not moving. I'm going to do this. Mm. And that's, that's how I see the law of attraction. That's powerful. Obviously it's not for the lazy. You have to be committed to it. You have to be willing to make some serious sacrifices and, or take some serious risk for it. Mm. But it's upon, if I'm willing if I'm willing to put my life into this or risk my life for this, that has tremendous power. Mm. And people who would ordinarily give up will suddenly think, he's a sure bet after all.
0: Mm. So would you say perhaps that the biggest hurdle that people encounter in pursuit of their dreams is that they're just simply not committed enough?
1: Actually, I think the biggest hurdle to people who have these big dreams, is deciding if they really want it.
0: Yeah.
1: And you will be tested time and time again to see if you really want it. I wanted to be a big YouTuber back in 2015. It took two years for me to figure out that's not what I want to do. <laughs> yeah. I knew what I wanted to do deep down all along and that's produced the cartoon that I'm working on. Yeah. said life has a way of giving you feed, the feedback that you're looking for
0: it does it definitely does yeah and oftentimes it's kind of a bit uncomfortable to receive it it's almost like getting an electric shock <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah or it's the
1: advice you don't want to hear but it's absolutely true
0: yeah exactly exactly let's move on to um andreas's second question andreas i hope that gave you um a bit of uh, a bit of insight and help
1: a <laughs> bit so that'll he, keep him busy for the next 10 years right
0: <laughs> a whole a whole a whole life load of work in there in that answer (laughs) so (laughs) his second question was where should you plant your goal far far away so it takes a long time to reach or just close enough so you get there in the blink of an eye goals can be changed and set at any time in life should you have Mm. a few or many
1: I think you should plant your goal, your dream, your big thing in life, exactly where you put your foot down and say, I've had enough. I'm going to do it. I said, I'm going to do it. Come hell or high water, preferably both.
0: <laughs> <clears throat> exactly. Approach it like a true warrior.
1: Exactly. You're going to have to put a bullet through my head to stop me from doing what I'm going to do.
0: Yeah.
1: <clears throat> That's the kind of determination commitment you need to have. Yeah. That's the start. That's the first step. But it's so important. Yeah. Because you could you could mess this one up and then get all the way to the last stages and then fall flat. Nailing the first step saves you from all that disappointment because, you know, that's what you want to do.
0: Yeah. How important is it, do you think, um, to have the big goal? Obviously, we all need the big goal, something that inspires us and makes us jump out of bed in the morning and makes us do the work, the daily grind, if you like, to get to there. How important is it to keep the momentum to have perhaps incremental goals? Like in daydreamers, we encourage the dreamers there to set their daily tasks that relate to their 12-week cycle, which then relates to their three-year goals, which then relates to their 10-year goal and their like ultimate dream. Do you think that those incremental goals are a vital part of the process, kind of providing strategy, if you like, to get to where that person wants to be.
1: Let's say have fun with it. You can make all kinds of goals for yourself. Just try to arrange them so that they build a strong foundation for the big one, the one you're really going for. Like for example, when I was going through my career changes, I tried to pick things that would be used later in the cartoon production process. For example, as a content creator, you learn to leverage social media. I became a Twitch streamer, so I'm familiar with how streaming works, which can be used for broadcasting purposes, broadcast of the cartoon. I did sound design for, th- for three years so that I could make the cartoon sound phenomenal just from the experience I've had with it, and plus I can make my own sound effects to give it something unique. It's everything you do, try to fit it into the big picture. It's like mm. a jigsaw puzzle, and you, you're, do, you're doing one thing at a time to build the, set the pieces. And then you realize, in retrospect, just how handy they really are.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You should be allowed to experiment and have fun with uh, minor passions because they end up, in many cases, becoming the big one. They mm-hmm. fit in like mm-hmm. Jenga pieces.
0: Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so true, so true. Yeah, and I think because that, that that actually answers the the second part of his question really nicely is like, should you have a few or many goals? And mm, my advice to that is. I have like a few major goals that I want to achieve in my life. Maybe two or three. One is related to my career. One is related to how I want to live. And it's good to have those big goals because they give you the energy and the fuel that you need in order to do the daily grind that you have to do in order to get to those big goals. And yeah, for sure, you know, I think it's okay to have many different goals, but you can only work on so many things in any specific moment in time. So like my advice would be prioritize what's more important to you. What do you want to have achieve first? What needs to happen first before you can get to the second or third of your big goals?
1: I'd say have, have as many as you can count.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Spoken like a true dreamer. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. So Andreas' third question, third and final question, is if you're going through an inspirational drought or creativity has gone and you feel empty, how do you gain momentum again and fill yourself with energy?
1: Bob Proctor had an excellent seminar or something, a video he made that's related to this. He says dissatisfaction is a creative state. Basically, the more unhappy, the more dissatisfied you are with the way you're living, the more energy you'll have to change it. And as Earl Nightingale once said, a lot of harm will force you to change what a little harm will only accustom you to endure. You got to get that nail out of your foot sometime. You know, just chilling, just not doing anything. It's not making you particularly happy to have it there, is it? Get it out. Find out what's really important to you. And, some people, I actually say this, I say this to friends of mine who are going through a rough time. Listen, <clears throat> you know what the problem is? If you don't want to change it, it just doesn't hurt enough. You haven't been, you haven't been hit hard enough. You're not suffering enough to want to change. Mm. I'm like, maybe that could be the thing that you're missing. Maybe you need to take a few more knocks for you to realize that, hey, this, th- this sucks. This sucks enough for me to do something about it. Sometimes let the pain be your teacher. I've tried it sometimes and actually, yes, it does work that way. It gets the job done.
0: I re- yeah, I really like that. That's a really very honest and very, in my opinion, truthful answer <laughs> and I'd say- It gives painful events a function. Exactly.
1: Yeah. It shows you, it asks you if you want to keep going through with this. Marie Folio had an excellent interview with uh, Elizabeth Gilbert about this very thing you can find it somewhere in the interview thinking
0: about what i do when i have kind of creative droughts and i was thinking how it it all cycles actually it goes full circle back to what we were saying initially of when you put that stake in the ground and you say this is what i'm doing and you commit to it with everything you've got since i've done that i haven't had a creative drought you know because i'm i'm fully invested into what i'm doing now and i And I think that's a major part of it as well is not, not not being committed enough (laughs) to your creative Mm -hmm. projects. Yeah.
1: Or it doesn't suck enough for you to want to change whatever's bothering you.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I mean, Andreas, you know, like I remember the times when I did struggle to get inspired or when I did struggle to overcome procrastination (coughs) and I did feel empty creatively. I just used to go and do something that I love to do. So like walking in nature, um, just being out in the sun or even going to a concert of one of my favourite composers or music artists or watching a film that just makes you bawl your eyes out or laugh so hard that you think you're going to stop breathing. Um, All those things, or just going out for a really hard run or something, all of those things release certain chemicals in your brain that do start to fill up the rivers of inspiration and creativity again, if they've been a bit empty. And once you've established a creative routine and you feel that your inspiration is flowing freely and you've got the discipline um, in that daily routine to get up and do the work every single day and it becomes it becomes a habit then at that point. But until you reach that point, avoid the humdrum as much as you can. Like the, the anything that's superfluous, like just don't, don't sit in front of the TV and, and watch Netflix. Like just don't do that, you know? <laughs> to me, that's the biggest <laughs> inspiration killer ever.
1: Um. <laughs> also, I just want to insert here as a side note, watching your favorite cartoons or videos or movies that you, or playing your old games as a kid, that is good as well because it connects you to your roots.
0: Yes. Yeah. especially
1: because of how big a role they played in your upbringing.
0: Absolutely. That's amazing advice. Yeah. Also connected to that inner child of yours, that playful. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. Thank you, Ryan. Let's move on to Gary's questions now, Andreas. I hope that answered all of your questions. And, um, you know, if you have any comments, pop them below and I post it up <laughs> and we can revisit Gary, he says, or he asks rather, has Ryan experienced any extra gifts in his life in terms of talents or abilities that sometimes accompany autism? Well, actually, we'll take Gary's questions one at a time, otherwise we're not gonna know where we're at with them. So that was question one for Gary.
1: Yeah, I think there's three of them, actually. Amazing. One is my vision. The far reaching vision that I can project to the end of my years. Mm. It makes life worthwhile. It gives me something to aim for. Number two, it, as we said earlier, is my imagination. I am very creative and I, I come up with I have ideas all the time. I can't get them out fast enough, but the ones that are worth trying, they tend to cling to me like like a uh, flypaper. Number three, I have a very unique insight that allows me to see far beyond all the superficial nonsense in the world today like what kind of a difference do you want to make this is why I spent seven or eight years or more studying self uh, self-improvement because I want I want to make a difference with the short time that I've been given here and not only that I've been able to I think you could call this the fourth gift I'm able to get inside other people's heads and get cut through the tape get right down into what's really bothering them and work from there and i do it on the premise that we don't give enough we we don't give ourselves ourselves or each other enough praise self-worth we don't value ourselves enough for who we are
0: that's beautiful it's really refreshing to meet another creative who wants to make a positive impact in the world Mm -hmm. because i think Somehow, and I think there are numerous different reasons because of this, that somehow, somewhere along the line, people started to believe that if you're creative, you're selfish and you're self-centered. And if you're following a creative passion, it's because, you know, you're doing it from a place of self-centeredness. And I think there are a million and one reasons as to perhaps why culture and society has begun to think of creatives this way. Because traditionally, that was... total opposite you know from a musical point of view musicians were community builders and storytellers they were the people that would get the community together and and unite the community so it's beautiful that that aspect of helping people and wanting to be altruistic with your creativity is a prominent part of what you want to do
1: you know what this whole selfishness thing tells me
0: it just tells
1: us that as creatives as a general value ourselves and we are more quick to address our own needs than the doubters or the crit or the critics are able to acknowledge their own needs and address them it's like we value ourselves more than you value yourselves Mm -hmm. therefore you need to see someone else as something lower than your the way you are right now we don't have to change a thing
0: amen to that fist bump (laughs) yeah (laughs) Gary second question I love this question it's such a Gary question what mm-hmm. is your philosophy on life Ryan
1: <laughs> if I could break it down as much as I can we we're all sent here to do something we we're all born to be a star at something we should give ourselves the benefit of the doubt and say what if we are we are here to do great things in life. Bob Proctor had an excellent analogy for this. He said, we're here to to do God's work, which is create. God is the creator, we were made in God's image, we are to do creation, that's our work. Which is probably why people look at creators as selfish. And number four, we've only got so much time, and we don't even know where we're gonna go after this. Mm -hmm. Which I do believe we go somewhere after this. So why not give yourself the chance to shine and just say bugger off all all of you who would uh, get in my way and try to oh you you gonna you gonna suffer you're not gonna make it you gonna it's like who are you to tell me have you have you made me outstanding achievements of your own no shush
0: <laughs> absolutely I've got issues
1: much more pressing than you
0: exactly. <laughs> Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> yeah, I've got I got all I've got a disability, I've got mental illnesses, I've got issues far more pressing than your opinion of me.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> exactly. Be gone. <laughs> yeah. Be gone. Excellent philosophies, Ryan. Brilliant. I think we've we've touched on this question a little bit already, but I'll I'll read it out to you anyway, because it would be great to go into more depth here on this topic. How does Ryan view the typical goals and targets of today's world culture, specifically the popular goals and targets that are often pushed and taught, such as how to become singularly successful, how to rise above the competition, how to acquire more money and attention, without reference to helping others or being part of service to your environment and the people in it?
1: Are these the same people that, tell, that look up to creators as selfish or self-centered? I rest my case, Your Honor. No, <laughs> I'll, I'll give you a more thorough answer to this. So, we live in a day and age where we are more able, we have more tools, we have more resources at our disposal. We can make big, mighty dreams happen. We have the information to do it. We're not in the dark ages. But some people just never grew past that stage. Mm. They write outdated facts, outdated information, outdated ways to live. I'm like, to hell with that. I wanna make a cartoon show, and I wanna do it without, like, <clears throat> I have the resources, I have the, the ability to do it. Why not just go for it? Why not just go after the thing you've been dreaming of all this time? Because every year that you're not investing in some sort of activity to make it happen is a year less that you will get to enjoy the fruits of your labor. And it's the biggest regret that elderly people on their deathbed will experience anyway.
0: Absolutely. Would you go as far as to say perhaps that if more people were more committed to pursuing their dreams, there would be a lot less depression and a lot less need to be on antidepressants?
1: Yes, and also I would add a very important piece of advice, and this is very, this is very, it's going to hit home. Have a comforting way to look at death and your own mortality. People say, I had a friend who was a self-proclaimed atheist, and he says, "Well, that's, that's it. You know, you just, that's it. It's over." I'm like, "How do you know that? You're still here." I think we're going somewhere. And we're needed in that place. And whatever happens, I've heard it I've I've been looking, I've been studying someone called Neville Goddard is a name worth looking into. He has a bunch of videos on YouTube. He's long since gone, but his teachings are very important because they give us that comforting way to look at our own mortality, which is the big thing behind midlife crises. I don't know what to make of you know, trying to prove or disprove it, but isn't it, doesn't it make sense to have a comforting way of looking at it anyway, and then not being held back by it as you go after your big dreams? Yeah. Maybe there is someplace out there. In fact, there, in all likelihood, there is, as I'm finding out, as I study more and more of these brilliant minds that are in the world, past, present, and future. There's a lot we really don't understand. And who are we to say in in 2019, as enlightened as we are? We don't know, Jack.
0: We're still so young as a species, in my opinion. (laughs) Into the
1: year 3000, you feel like just how short-sighted you are. It's like the song that was sung had with Johnny Cash as one of the singers. It's called Highwayman. You should you should give it a listen because mm. it carries a very powerful message. Mm. It's about reincarnation. Mm. At the last paragraph or so, he says, "But I will remain, and I'll be back again and again and again." I think that's a far more healthy, intelligent, and acceptable way to look at death than I'm gonna die. <laughs> <laughs> no can we can we at least look at it like grown-ups and consider the possibility that we may be have an appointment in some other world or universe or something someone out there needs us and it just so happens to be here in this day and age anyway i've rambled on way too long no, What's no, your take? You
0: haven't. no that's amazing <laughs> <laughs> Would you say that, um, you know, like the desire to pursue a specific goal creatively is put inside us for a very specific set of reasons?
1: A very wise and respectable man called Earl Nightingale says it's wired within our genes. Our genes are telling us that we are built for a certain... Something in us wants to come out through a certain way and our genes are telling us. I love cartoons. I, my future is in cartoons. That's what my genes are telling me. Mm-hmm. And that's probably why my, uh, my code is scrambled the way it is for me to have autism and all these other things.
0: Mm-hmm. Maybe that's necessary. Mm. That was going to be have the insight
1: and the imagination that I have.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So what do you think of the, of the people that are constantly, putting emphasis on selfish gain and the gain of encouraging competition with each other and encouraging person A to be more successful than person B or valuing person B by the amount of money they have. What do you think of those people and that mindset?
1: It's outdated. And to put it, and to put it like a wise man said, professionals, create amateurs compete boom
0: <laughs> that was the answer i was looking for brilliant ryan brilliant gary's final question was what advice does ryan have for people who struggle with down days frustration and overwhelm which again i know we've touched on a little bit earlier um but if you have anything else to add to, to those i think especially the down days
1: i'll put it beautifully with my, I'll use myself as an example and you'll see just what kind of, just how far I've come. Only very recently did I discover that, well, it comes as no surprise to those who've known me intimately. I have a dysfunctional mind, but I use that because it's accurate, because I even wrote it on a piece of paper somewhere I have here as a reminder that I do have a dysfunctional mind because I have rational thinking and that I have irrational thinking. And it's, it comes in response to triggers. And there are days where I cannot be rational. I can't see it because I'm, my mind is predominantly irrational during those days. And it's not until in retrospect it realized, oh my God, that was irrational. I just did said something. It's totally irrational. You don't see it as you're going through it, but in retrospect, it's like it's not me. It's not him, her, or they. It's my brain. It's my mind. It's all screwed up. But at least I can acknowledge it. Some people, you know, it's all this, but they don't realize it. It is. Yeah. It's going back to what the man was saying going back to the down days, the, the downfalls, the, the creative droughts you might experience, you're going to have them, but you become more equipped to deal with them and other things as you go through life. Like for me, I would sooner have a, be faced with a problem now than be faced with a problem 10 years ago. I couldn't even think straight. I, like, if I was off on meds, you knew it. Mm-hmm. And at least now I have the clarity of thought to know when I'm out of order, when I'm not, uh, not safe to be touchy with. <sighs> You're gonna suffer, it's, it's part of the package, it's part of this thing called life, but at least with time you get better at dealing with it, with weathering the storms that are coming your way. Mm-hmm. So I don't give up once they come. Because it gets better. That's all I can say. It gets better. Because you become more equipped to deal with the issues that you are faced with. Mm. From your own tools and experience.
0: The one thing that keeps coming to mind at the moment is a quote I read that said, becoming successful isn't about getting to the top. It's about the person you become along the journey.
1: Well said. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. And uh, I should know this because I've had one hell of a journey.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And having spoken to you uh, about, maybe it was about eight months ago, maybe a year ago Mm -hmm. when we first spoke. I
1: was in the trenches.
0: Yeah. And just how far you've come in that tiny space of time just goes to show what the strength of true commitment can really do to you as a person in terms of the scope of, of growth
1: people do get calmer as they go through life. Yeah, Some people, it. yeah, they get better at dealing with the, with the things that they go through in daily life. That's not going to change, but you do, and you get better. Mm. And that's how you got to see it. Mm. Otherwise, you got to keep thinking that you're inadequate to the task.
0: I spent a bit of time in an ashram in India in 2011, and um, the guru that I was staying with likened her ashram to a pebble mill and she said oh you know the people in the ashram are like pebbles and they just kind of rub, rub up against each other until all of their rough edges have become smooth and I, that was a beautiful analogy as well that stayed with me all this time and I to me that's mm-hmm. basically an analogy of planet earth as well you know it's like a giant pebble mill and all these beings here like rubbing up against each other and banging into each other and we can crack, mm-hmm. we can crack and break if we want to, or we can just, you know, let it smooth off another rough edge and become more rounded, more smoother, Then, how to enjoy the ride a little bit more.
1: Or if you do crack and break into pieces, let, them be an, let the pieces be an extension of, of your powers.
0: Exactly, exactly. Yeah, sometimes it's good to fall apart because then you can put yourself back together again in a better way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So let's move on to Zabizo's question. Um, how did Ryan get into his passion for art and animation? What has he learned along the way as a creative? Um, what drives and motivates him? And what do you do for fun, Ryan?
1: Okay, let's answer the first question first. I believe it was, what, when did I get inspired to pursue something in art and animation? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Honestly, it was a very painful two years at a certain middle school. It was pain, bullying, physical and psychological abuse, a mismanaged school with abusive staff. Funny how that, what that does to you. It takes, it gave me a reason to detach myself from the norm. Fully detach. I knew it was not gonna be the same after that. I developed PTSD from that, but it it served a function. And the second question, remind me what that was? What have you
0: learned along the way as a creative? We've answered that in various different forms.
1: (laughs) Everything has a function, even failure, even the pains that you go through, even the things that suck and make you want to give up. It's not just a test. It builds certain parts of your brain you become more resilient. Turns out it was absolutely necessary to make you into the type of person you need to be able to handle what you want to do in life. That's how I choose to say it. And I think that's not far from the truth.
0: I think it's absolutely spot on. Definitely.
1: And what I do for fun, I play video games. I watch... Twitch streamers, I play YouTube videos, I do a lot of, most of my learning after high school came from YouTube videos, including the seven, seven or so years I spent uh, studying self-development. That all came from YouTube and audiobook, audiobooks, programs, I have a few programs, CDs and that, that sort of thing. That's what started my interest in developing myself. And what I do for fun essentially, like obviously outside of the cartoon I'm working on, which is phenomenal, it gives me a reason to be up in the morning. I pass the time by playing video games mostly and watching people on Twitch, you know, stuff you'd expect from someone who came just fresh out of high school. But I've been doing it for a very long time.
0: Zabiza did have one last question and that was what drives and motivates you?
1: Let me see. I need to give this one a bit of thought because it could be many things. But the thing that drives me the most, just the sheer enjoyment of doing it, what drives me the most in, I'd say, anything I do, I've always had this saying, if it's not fun, it ain't getting done. (laughs) Brilliant. And that has held true in so many different ways. Like, some may see it as a lack of personal responsibility, but I, I think I have an excuse at this point, because I'm, I'm able to make something out of it. I'm able to transmute this, this, what some might see as a weakness, into an actual strength. It gives me the food for thought needed to power my creativity. You have to have fun. And I think that is vital. It, some, the scientists will call it intrinsic motivation. It just has to be fun. You have to be want. You have to want to do it. It can't be just an absolute miserable thing that you feel compelled to because of some warped sense of duty. No, if you're not having fun, you will soon begin to realize it, and you won't want to do it anymore. Absolutely. And eventually, you get to the point where you will not do it anymore, even if that means you drop dead.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's just a sign
1: that you've been avoiding the the reality for too long.
0: Absolutely. I love the delivery of your answers, Ryan. They're so direct. It's brilliant.
1: (laughs) It's direct. It's blunt. But it's the truth, isn't it?
0: Exactly. And yo, like the saying, the truth hurts, exists for a reason, right? Yeah.
1: (laughs) The truth hurts. I'll get over it.
0: Yeah, exactly. I'll get up. (laughs) (laughs) So our final question for the day is from Matthew, and he has asked, what have been the most effective fundraising platforms for creative projects that he has used? And what approach has Ryan found that works best for him engaging with his supporters and potential audience?
1: That is the question which I'd be waiting to answer this whole time. I'm glad you saved it till last. <laughs> so the best Funny enough, are... what has been my most effective crowdfunding thing? I believe that was
0: the question. Yeah. What, yes, what have, what have been the most effective fundraising platforms? And um, what- approach- Honestly, you're going to be shocked. It's a little program called Fercadia.
1: It's a social MMO from the year 1996. It's still active and in use today. That's where my very first supporters came from and they have contributed more uh, US dollars towards my cartoon than any other group, any other individual person or community. That's gonna shock a lot of people like, what the hell is that? They ha- you have to go looking for this to find out what it is. Um, it's, a really beautiful, uh, it's a really beautiful game because of how colorful it is and how fantastical it is. It's got all kinds of beautiful creatures and whatnot. That's where, my, that's where the most, of, most of my support came from. It's not going to be true for all cases. In fact, mine is probably a unicorn, as in a very glaring exception. It would fit under other.
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely.
1: So as for uh, the, the other part was something to do with, what was
0: it? Uh, what approach has Ryan found that works best for him engaging with his supporters and potential audience?
1: Talking to individuals, because nothing else seems to work but I have the gift of being able to connect with people on, an, on a one-to-one basis or small groups. <clears throat> I found that to be more effective, which leads me into my overall marketing strategy. I call it the dark horse approach. <laughs> Target a few individuals, a few perhaps influential individuals. And if I happen to be doing some, pitching something to like a cartoon, I go for, I go for a select few individuals and I get them to start talking about it or put a link to it. And yes, it's in early stages, but this is my strategy because uh, anything else just feels like spam these days. Nice to know that so- something being
0: promoted comes from
1: someone a lot of people trust.
0: Absolutely. I think that's a really important aspect of engaging with anybody who wants to find you or who's interested in what you do, building that solid relationship and that trust as well so that you're not considered a spammer.
1: I mean, it's nice It's nice when you get like an invitation to some like You know it's legit. You know it's legit based on the presentation, who it's coming from. It's like being invited to a select, to an exclusive VIP club that only a few people ever have access to. At least during the early stages, that's basically how we're doing it. Uh And there's nothing more, there's nothing more exciting than having an opportunity like that just delivered to you. Because we've, we studied you, we like what you do we feel that you would be a good representation of what we're trying to do.
0: Ryan, that brings us to the end of our questions. It's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you today. <laughs> do you have here. any final thoughts, any final comments that you'd like to leave listeners with?
1: If there's something you want to do that you think is absolutely crazy, we're all here to do something. If it's a big thing, go for it. Go for it with the full with the full intensity that you would have. like Don't allow people to talk you out of something that you know that you were cut out to do because I'm doing it. Trying to run a cartoon show, who does that? Not very many people. Who does that without the help of a major broadcasting network or company? Not like, I actually had a friend tell me that I am basically a pioneer. And I'll end on this note. He said, to this day, he's he's been in the industry for a while. He's a he's graduated from art school and he's been in the industry. He does he's done animation before. He says, To my knowledge, you are the very first person to produce an independent animated series without you uh without using your own art. Remember, I have a studio working with me on this. Mm. He, he said, To my knowledge, that's unheard of. Usually the people who start making their own stuff, either do their own art, do their own animation, or they pitch their idea to a studio. I'm doing neither. So that kind of sets me apart a little bit. But yeah, that's the status of the project. I have a studio, and I wish anybody who has a big dream that they're almost scared to, to even think about the very best of success, and you can do it. If we could build rockets to take people to the moon and back safely. Just think of what you could do with modern technology and the insights and the information we have today.
0: Beautiful, Ryan, thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure. Yeah, this has been fun. Glad you enjoyed it. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks so much for listening. It's my pleasure to bring you guests who are experts in their field to help you pursue your passions and achieve your dreams. Hope you enjoyed the show. I'd love to know what you thought of it. So please do remember to subscribe in iTunes and give us a little rate and review. If the show resonated with you, please share it with someone you think would benefit from it. If you have a question or topic you'd like answered on the podcast, head to LizChirelli.com and pop me a message. Huge thanks to everyone inside my Patreon community. It's their generosity that enables me to continue making this podcast. If you'd like to join us and connect with me on a deeper level, just head to patreon.com forward slash Liz where you can sign up quickly and easily. As a patron, you'll get access to the full range of my coaching packages and exclusive early access to all my musical output and special behind-the-scenes exclusives too.